Happy Halloween, trick-or-treaters, dreamers, campers, suspects, deadites, and friends till the end. It's Dan Dracula Caffrey. What you're about to hear is a clip from our latest installment of The Rental, which sees your Halloweenies playing another game with John Kramer. It's time for Saw 2. So how do you hear the full thing? Become a member of our Patreon, The Rewind. You can find a link in the description of this episode, or you can visit patreon.com backslash Halloweeniespod. Hope to see you there, so we can give you one more scare. Producer Hefner said, How cool would it be if Shiny Smith, a girl, took the mantle of Jigsaw? A girl. Well, a, <laughs> wow. I know. I was like, how, how 2005 of this of Is that this Hugh franchise. Hefner? Uh, yeah, that no quote. <laughs> I will say... I thought it was pretty cool, actually, <laughs> to reveal because you cool. already you have the lead, the villain Jigsaw. He's from 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 movie one. The guy's dying. You know he's not going to be around forever. <laughs> Little did I know, but <laughs> I was I was okay with Shine Smith taking it because I always loved Shine Smith. So I was like, oh okay. I was like, I'm I'm on board with this twisted turn. <laughs> Shiny was the last one to wake up in the room, which I noticed when everybody starts waking up in the room and that to me was kind of like not watching it this time i'm like who's the last one to wake up in the original saw room is I, jigsaw so I maybe and i'm like oh that's kind of cool that she's the last one to wake up maybe she's involved but you're really not thinking that i did not know that the Mm-mm. first time around but i like that she's the last one to wake up in the room she's also the first one to find the tape recorder really quickly she doesn't have to search very long before finding it and she also kind of defends him, too. And she says that he's testing us. We have to play by the fucking rules. It's funny because she said that she didn't want to do the first film initially, that she didn't want to put herself in the mindset of that. But it's cool that she started to like lean into this. And obviously, they were like, hey, we're giving you more here, a lot more. Because essentially, you're saying that she's going to become the next Jigsaw. I, I would have been wholeheartedly moving into this film. The thing that's interesting about Shawnee in this movie, I think is that in a movie that's filled with all these, these really like, you know, Eric Matthews is never set up to be uh, an audience (laughs) surrogate or a Mm. likable character or any, or the, a guy we should be rooting for necessarily. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you're watching it through that lens where you want that kind of character, Shawnee Smith sort of emerges as that, as somebody who has been like refined by fire and is the most perhaps moral or like the good one who is like leading everyone in the house and and that's why i like the turn the heel turn that it does turn out that she is working with jigsaw because the film these films like refuse to give us those characters and i love Mm -hmm. that in a horror movie Mm -hmm. where it's like you know maybe we don't need the audience surrogate character we don't need the nice person and that to me is is a fun twist on that character yeah yeah mike i know that your jaw dropped when you realized Mm -hmm. that shawnee was actually involved what do you think about her performance in this i think she's great i mean uh this, the scene where she's in the pit. Oh, yeah. It's already, I mean, there's a reason why that, you know, stuck in my memory beyond the fact that it would just be my worst nightmare. But she really sells it. I mean, like when she's like in pain and just the, the way that she's digging into it, like it genuinely feels, the reactions just genuinely feel like in that specific moment, exactly how anyone would be in that, in that sort of pit. It's not just a, ah, ah, like everyone else that's in their traps. Like there's just a sort of specificity to the terror that she has in that. And I think she's great in that. And then I think like mm-hmm. what I love is, so Justin, you said that you, you, when you first watched this, you knew that she was, uh, you know, that you knew about the heel turn. Yeah. Yeah. Rewatching it today. 
I did think about just you know looking out for little things, and there's like an exchange between Eric, Detective Eric Anthews' son, and her. That's like when when you know he hides the fact that she's a cop or that he you know his dad is a cop when they're talking on this when she's oh, like on the yeah. stairwells, yeah, and then the she's like story. she's like oh yeah, and then she already knows the the whole plan, and she's like yeah yeah your dad probably is working for you or something like that, and like there is kind of like fun replay value in that yes. sense, and and mm-hmm. you and and then when you do actually replay it and rewatch it, you actually see that like Shawnee Smith is performing in the sense that she does fucking know. Like, mm-hmm. and that's kind of, it is kind of cool in that, in that way. Yeah. I mean, she's great. I mean, King's Dominion. So to your point, Mike, yeah, there's another, there's another scene there too. when he almost trips up and says that my father's a cop and he's yeah. just like, Oh, he's a hard ass. But you yeah. can see on her face that she exactly. knew he was going to trip up. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I like that. There's also a scene where when the photo comes out and the woman's like, you know, Addison's like this, this, tell me this isn't your father, you know? And says, this is the guy that put me away. Shawnee Smith's on the ground over by the Laura character and is like, tell me that's not your father. She doesn't see the picture at all. She doesn't mm-hmm. know the, which, which cop it is. She just knows it's a cop that put away Addison. So it's weird that she comes to that. She even says that there. It's like, think, but things are starting to unravel at that point. Well, let's move on here to Allison Carey, Dana Meyer, reprising her role from the first film, taking Bye. over where Danny Glover left off Mike. I, I just, I absolutely love her. I love Dina Meyer. I have been yeah. in, in Dina Meyer's core for a long time. She was in 90210. Mm-hmm. Starship Troopers. She was in Starship Troopers. Saw. The better, the better love interest in Starship Trooper. Tragic story. That one. I, you know, and I liked her, I liked her a lot and saw, and I remember in our first episode saying like, why isn't she in this more? And I still yeah. say that about her mm-hmm. in this franchise. Like if there's gonna be if they're gonna bring anyone back, I would love it if they could bring back uh, you know Dina Meyer into this franchise some some because I just think that she, a she's just got a great presence and then b she's got a great character actor presence too, and I think that she you know fits so well in this franchise just like I was saying with about Donnie Wahlberg and certainly Johnny Smith but I, I don't know I just think her her character is really just pulpy and fun. And I have also, I mean, I'll just be transparent. Like I've had a crush on Sean, like I've had a crush on Dina Myers for decades. And so it was just, since, a, she, so, since she dated uh, Brandon Walsh on that too. Yeah. Like you said. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, yeah. well the, the, the big joke on, on that is, and she's like, ah, I can't date 20 year olds. And like Jason Priestley's like clearly like 40 years old. And that's like, <laughs> older than her probably. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, huge, huge Dina Meyer fan. I love Dina Meyer. So I, I just don't, she's kind of wasted here. Like the only note I have for yeah. her is that she asks, she says to Eric, when did you stop being a cop? Like, this is the type of dialogue we're getting, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, and then the rest of the movie is just kind of like her behind the gate. Yeah, she doesn't have know, a story. Saying, yeah, she's wasted. It's like, yeah. she's just there. Do. She's just there to, like, you know, push certain external story elements along and just be a cop. Like, yep. she doesn't actually get a narrative, which is why it's surprising. Like, you know, for, like, even Rig gets his own kind of arc. And it's weird that we never got that for her character. Like, she gets, she has a small, like, arc like when her character dies later, but it's, it's really minor. Yeah. And that's in the third one, right? Yeah. I think so. It's ridiculous. I, I, I remember five or six. I couldn't remember. I no, could it's, not three. Tell it's three. It's okay. three. I, I because she, I remember being like, so upset when that happened. I was like, what the fuck? Like it's absolutely wasted. Like again, yeah. like this is the thing is it's, it's kind of charming in a sense because I, it feels like none of these guys thought that this was going to go for 10, 11 films, you know, no. because if they did, they would have been a little bit more precious about holding on to some of these characters. But another thing too, that I kind of like is that anybody could die. 
Yeah. Even like if it's a main one. character mm-hmm. that's like the biggest thing, the best thing that's going for the franchise, they could die. And they will still find a way to continue and keep it going. It's it's kind of a wild franchise. Justin? I wish that other franchises would take note of that. I was going to say, this is like our complaint about a lot of modern franchises, yes, is that they're too so. precious about their characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I, even though I do think Dina Meyer is ultimately wasted, and I do feel like there was so much more juice in characters like Eric Matthews and stuff like that, it is, it is nice to that they actually do close the, the, uh, you know, the arcs on a lot of these mm-hmm. characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 